the Bible Study Podcast, episode 315. Today, the Bible Study Podcast starts a study of the book of Jonah. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. You may have been surprised that we weren't still doing a study on marriage. I kind of ran out of things to say. There's plenty to say on marriage, but I wanted to do it from a Bible study perspective, and that was what I had. So we'll go on. I was thinking I would do a study on money and found out we'd already done that. So one on to the book of Jonah. The one thing I like about doing a book study is I know when I'm done. We're starting in Jonah chapter one. Jonah flees from the Lord. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own god, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your god. Maybe he will take notice of us, so we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord, because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And this is probably the part of the story that most people are familiar with. When we get to the fourth chapter, we're going to get some things that you're less familiar with. But Jonah, we get in the beginning of this, we find out who his father is. We find out that he's a Hebrew, and we find out that he is called by God to go to Nineveh and to preach against it, and he doesn't want to. It doesn't say why. And it doesn't give any context for what Nineveh is. So let's talk about Nineveh. Nineveh is a great city, as it says, a very large city. And it is the capital of the Assyrians. And the Assyrians are the ones who are going to take the 10 northern tribes into captivity and remove them from the face of the earth. We're never going to hear from those lost tribes again because of the Assyrian Empire. And so the Assyrian Empire are not friends of the Hebrew people. They would be enemies. And we'll see later on that Jonah may have a different reason for fleeing than we were told in Sunday school class. In Sunday school class, we had the impression that Jonah was afraid. 
And so he was afraid and therefore he tries to flee from the Lord and he gets on a ship and he heads out to Tarshish or towards Tarshish. That's the way I learned it. If we just look at that story for a little bit, because we're going to deal with his real motivations later on, he's going to reveal to us what his motivations are. But if we just say that Jonah didn't want to do this, and maybe he was afraid to go bring this bad news, because nobody likes somebody who brings bad news. I don't know if you've noticed that, or we don't tend to uh, like the messengers who bring us bad news. And certainly the prophets at this time have had a lot of trouble just with their own people, bringing them word, especially in the northern kingdom, that they're being unfaithful to God. A lot of the prophets are killed. And to go to the enemy cities, it certainly would be something that would be frightening. And so Jonah goes and he flees. And the problem with that is he's trying to flee someone who, as he tells the sailors later on, made the sea and the dry land. And you can't flee God. And when I think of fleeing God, I think of a couple different things. The first one is the poem, The Hound of Heaven. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I'll just read you the opening stanza. I fled him down the nights and down the days. I fled him down the arcs of the years. I fled him down the labyrinthine ways of my own mind. And in the mist of tears, I hid from him and under running laughter, up visited hopes I sped and shot precipitated adown titanic glooms of chasmed fears from those strong feet that followed, followed after. But with unhurried chase and unperturbed pace, deliberate speed, majestic instancy, they beat and a voice beat more instant than the feet. All things betray thee who betrayest me. And the poem goes on to talk about being followed after by God. This is the situation Jonah found himself in, is that you can't flee God. The psalmist says the same thing. If I go down to Sheol, you are there. And even if I go to Joppa, and even if I head towards Tarshish, God is there. And that's a lesson for those of us who are trying to flee God, and I don't know how many of us are. But God has a purpose in mind for Nineveh, and God has a purpose in mind for Jonah. And he doesn't take an easy no as an answer. And so because Jonah has fled, this great storm rises up in this ship. And storms and ships were not something that the Israelite people were all that comfortable with in the first place. And Jonah finds himself asleep and they wake him up and say, come pray. Maybe your God will save us. And of course, Jonah knows or probably suspects right here that it's his fault. And they cast lots. They basically divide up and throw dice and figure out who they think is this responsible. And it comes on Jonah and they ask these questions. Where do you come from? What's your country? What people are you? What kind of work do you do? He doesn't answer the last one. He says where he comes from. He's a Hebrew. He says his people. He says his country. And he says he worships the Lord God who made the sea and the dry land. But what kind of work does Jonah do? He's been called to one kind of work. He's been called to be a prophet, to go and preach against Nineveh. But he's not doing that work, so he doesn't give an answer to that question. But the author says they know already that he has been running away from the Lord. They say, well, how can we stop this? He says, throw me in the sea. And to their credit, they don't immediately do that. They don't want to sacrifice Jonah. They don't want to be responsible for his life. So instead, they try and row back to land, and they row, and they row, and they row, and they can't make it. And so finally, with prayers for forgiveness to God, they take Jonah, and they throw him into the sea, and immediately the sea is calm. And the people on the boat praise God. 
And the people in the boat fear God and they offer a sacrifice to God and they make vows to him because they see the power of this one true God, the power of the God that made the land and the sea. Jonah, on the other hand, finds himself in a fish, not a whale, as we learned in Sunday school, but a fish. And he's there for three days and three nights. And the three days and three nights are significant because Jesus will later on say no sign will be given when he's asked for a sign except for the sign of Jonah that the Son of Man will go down into the grave basically for three days and then will be resurrected is the sign that he's going to give them. And so Jonah basically has this small resurrection story of his own. And so he goes into this fish and he's there in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. At this point, it probably would be obvious to talk about, you know, is this a parable or is this a historic event or what is this, this trying to say? I'm going to treat it at face value that this is something that happened to Jonah. And I understand that it's not something that happens every day in my experience either. But again, we had the whole wind and the wave thing stopping. And if we worship a God who can do that, I'm not going to worry too much about a fish. And Jonah gets three days and three nights to think about his decision. With that, we're going to leave Jonah in the fish. We're going to actually leave him there for a week. We'll come back next week and get him out again. And we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris Duax. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hi, friend. Are you stressed, maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of, too? Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's Word, to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.